A boy's best friend is his mother. Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Man! Rocker! Oh, you're so cool, Brewster! I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos more creative! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? Better give me those shoes, then mine give them back to me! How many times do I have to tell you Ursula Andres belongs with the transvestites, not the perverts? Oh, you heterosexuals. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You're a bullshit artist! They're coming! They're coming! Welcome to Screaming Queens, the horror podcast with the Queer Eye View. My name's Jonathan Larkin. I'm Jonathan Butler. I'm Martin Fennessy. I'm drunk. (laughs) 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 Stephen Moore. Stephen Moore has got a cold and is medicating with gin. I've had two gins and they were quite big measures, so I know I'm cordial. We are back with another Video Nasty special. I don't know, but past me things maybe we should just try and work our way through all 72 episodes, <laughs> two titles. Everyone nice. Well, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe now. Maybe tonight. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe tonight. Yeah. Bring some sort of podcast record. Yeah. We can all call each other's parents and give each other an alibi for staying out of school. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Tonight I'm saying something. Exactly. I'm getting raped by a gorilla or something. <laughs> <laughs> that only happened once. <laughs> So one of the things that that attracted us to doing some more video nasty podcasts was we were looking at the more, the, the less obvious titles on the on the list, and we came across a title from nineteen seventy one from Spain. We are a queer horror podcast, and this film is a horror film made by a queer director with very very um, homoerotic overtones. And this film is called The Cannibal Man. I didn't know he was gay. Mm. That explained a lot. Yeah. How did you not get he was gay? <laughs> Did you watch well, the I film? Don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but you know, I actually thought it was a bit. He watches the boys playing football, then. Well, we'll get into it. But I oh, feel yeah, like I it. Thought of that. I feel like it was a bit at times. Like, and he's, he's, he's homophobic at times. Homophobic. Really? At one point, I've, like the conclusion, I feel is a bit. Yeah. Well, I have, I have, I'm my opinion on the end, but. Um, but just just the ending, the rest of it I feel is lovely, but I feel like the ending kind of spills it for me. We'll get into that. What I will say, because I will forget this and it's just popped into my head, didn't you think it was really strange when he was watching the boys play football that they dubbed over them with children's voices and they were clearly like 18? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this film, Cannibal Map, so a, a brief synopsis is, after accidentally killing a taxi driver, <laughs> um, our protagonist Marcos... Um, and he's a butcher, by the way, he works in the abattoir. So he kills the taxi driver in an accident, in a fight, and then things spiral out of control from there on in. His girlfriend wants him to go to the police. His response to that is to strangle her. Brother turns up. 
He kills the brother. The brother's wife turns up. He kills the brother's wife. The brother's wife's dad turns up. He kills him. The local trollop from the from the local bar. Mm-hmm. He kills her. Um, it's it's basically about this guy's descent into madness and uh, violence. And the whole time, he's being watched because just across the way from his little shack, mm-hmm. in a big tower block where rich people live, um, a spoiled rich guy called Nestor is um, watching him through his binoculars and he's, he can see right into his apartment through the skylight and um, he's he's seen the whole thing. But that's kind of underplayed throughout the film until the end um, and what we get throughout this film is this um, character study of a guy who's going mad and this other guy who's a bit weird, lives across the way, who's clearly richer in another class and is a little bit gay. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit gay. And, bit and, gay. and I think Nestor quite likes Marcos and there's a connection between the two yeah. as the film progresses mm. so yeah it's a yeah interesting film it's not it's not what you think you're going to get when you pick up a film no. like Cannibal Man uh, no and it's, it's Cannibal Man is really uh, is completely a misnomer isn't it well not completely but no, it's it not a, it's not a cannibal it's not a cannibal film and the Spanish title is Week of the Killer and actually I didn't know that until right now and I've just looked at my mm. um, the printout that I've got but actually that makes more sense and actually, if you yeah. think that this is actually a film that takes place over the course of a week and it's a descent of madness over the course of a week, it's almost more horrific. Yeah. Don't be hasty. What do you want? Well, please go in there if you want to. If that's what you need to ease your mind. to look me in the face. Marco, what happened? Did the paper have anything? No, not a word. Did you read it all? Well, there was something. The man died. His picture's in the paper. It's like the Craig David song, isn't it? Seven Days. <laughs> yeah, it's about... It's not quite as horrific as that. Better fed them to people on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember those lyrics. <laughs> it's, it's not quite as horrific as that song. But yeah, yeah. it's with the ranch on Wednesday. The rotten corpses were there on a Thursday and Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we chilled on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if you are trying to sell it to people, you know, given a title like Cannibal Man, people will be like, holy shit, I need to see that film. Yeah. It? yeah, that's 100% the reason why I've yeah, got that definitely. in the machine. Because yeah. yeah, it's not even remotely close, it's just, we're going to sell this and we're going to sell this as gruesome. Yeah, yeah. If anything, it was just like Sweeney Todd, that kind of vibe. It's, I'm not eating people, but I'm going to kill people and feed them to other people. I suppose, yeah. You don't yeah. really see him eating people, but you do... And he's quite repulsed at the fact when he thinks he might have. Yeah. You get a bit of cannibalism in it, but, like, by proxy. Mm. Accidental. Yeah, completely yeah. accidental. Yeah. yeah. And none of us know, you know, we could all be cannibals. You know, we could... Uh, you don't that know what meat you're eating when you go well, to... Well, when there was a horse meat scandal... Smoke vegan. When there was a horse meat scandal and they were saying, yeah, there was horse meat in, in all sorts of products from the, the yeah. supermarket. <laughs> yeah. And then they really... 
investigated, they said that actually there's DNA there that they can't even identify. Who knows? This, this was a big... I made a big note about this. Yum, yum, then. <laughs> this, the, the opening scene, I obviously just, I didn't like it. I think I was about 30 seconds in and I messaged all of you just going, oh my God, what are you making me watch? Bring back the like, White House, you said. Because some poor innocent car was getting slit. And I, I hope it was fake. I hope. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Well, it was like... I, I mean... As a vegan, I shouldn't have appreciated this film, but I really did. But like, wow. Well, it's not the same as Cannibal Holocaust, though, is it? They no, weren't killing not. an animal for fun. It was like it was like Fummies. documentary footage of yeah. an abattoir. Yeah, it's just stock footage, so. wasn't it? Which I was, don't know, it was, yeah. really it was going to happen. Like, yeah. yeah, the car was going to die anyway. It reminds it, it reminded me of being a kid and going to the butchers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you'd, like, you'd have like you'd have like halves of animals hanging up at the back of the butchers and stuff. Yeah. No, 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 thank you. I'm all right. I think the opening, the bit about the opening scene I like is the bit where he's standing just like 10 foot away from this happening. Eating a sandwich. Eating a sandwich. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> he's just well, tight, I actually think it? that mm. this, maybe I'm vegan high person here, but like, I feel like this is such a desensitization of where that food comes from. Like he's so used to seeing mm. that happen. That is desensitised to what it is, just yeah. like the mass public are desensitised by where the meat actually comes from. You don't think about the actual repercussions of meat, and you don't think of that happening behind the scenes. And I think it was a bit poignant, yeah. but maybe that is. I think that's different from a vegan point of view. I think that's different. I think him working alongside that slaughter is desensitisation. I think what we have as meat eaters is removal we don't yeah. actually ever have to face it yeah, yeah. that's true no, we never have to face where yeah, our food comes don't. yeah well we don't pretend we don't actually have to face it well, no, we, don't have to watch we don't it. have to watch it being killed we don't have to see any of that gore it comes in a completely vacuum sealed package for us to not to really have to think about anything yeah. real a little knob of butter next to it yeah <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah and that uh, and, uh, and that's yeah. just the reality of the and that just of, of, that yeah. completely removes us from any sense of yeah. pain or yeah. death. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That was the only bit of this film that I actually found disturbing. The rest of it, I'm okay with. I've found I've a couple of people. Bits, yeah. I found a couple of bits of it disturbing. Actually, I thought I, it's one of those films, isn't it? It's got a bit of a, a reputation now for being something that's misleading, because you think you're gonna you're gonna get a, a horrible visceral sla- stalk and slash movie or whatever, and you don't. But the violence in it. Did disturb me. Mm. I thought. I thought the bits where like the the whacking over the head with the monkey wrench and um, yeah. the bit where um, the machete in the face, the machete in the face, and um, what's her name? The woman I really liked. But the fucking woman from the diner, Rosa. And Rosa's death. Mm. I thought I was like, oh no! That was sad, that Do you get the impression that he doesn't want to kill her because yeah. he's, he's trying to get her to leave, and she's insisted on cleaning the room, and then when she puts it together. And he sees that, and that's where he's like, oh shit, I've got to kill her now. Yeah. And she goes, I'm a detective and looks at every single thing that might be a killer. Yeah. 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 But as is also, as is also, thing that said a lot about Rosa that she spent all that time having sex in a place that she knew stunk of death. Yeah. Because yeah. afterwards she was like, it really stinks in here, garbage or whatever. And I was like, yeah, you've been there for half an hour getting shagged. Maybe she just assumes it was like the sex funk in the room. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what sex dolls are. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Wow. What smells in here? What? 
please excuse me. I don't want you to suspect that I... What do you mean? Suspect. Yeah, yeah. If sex comes with the soundtrack of flies buzzing around, then something isn't quite... Something's quite... Uh, not quite right. It's like, oh, open, open a window in here. It smells fine, it smells fine. He's just yeah. furiously spraying that. Speaking of smells, so this is one of those films I think you can almost smell because it's hot and it's sweaty mm. and it's grimy and the sound the sound effects are great, the flies buzzing. There's a scene where they're having sex and there's a clock ticking and everything just feels really oppressive and horrible yeah, and yeah. pressurised. Sweat dripping down people's faces and stuff like that. Yeah, it really builds that kind of feeling and it, it, it's, it reminds me, there's an Australian film called Wake and Fright. Yeah, great thought. And it made me think of that because mm. you, you feel... What it must be like to be trapped in this mm. horrible hellhole. Yeah, when he, I think the first time he sees Nestor, isn't it? Where he's um, he's like bummed, he gets a ciggy off him, doesn't he? And the, yeah. it's just all really sweaty and mm. close. Yeah, close. I kind of felt like the taxi driver kind of deserved it. Not gonna lie. Oh yeah, I don't feel any sympathy for him. He was an asshole. Like I was I'm, okay. I'm so full. Of, I don't want someone shouting on the back of my taxi. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. You must be a homosexual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I can understand why he was against that. But then he was like, I'm going to give you the beating that your daddy never had the time to give you. And stuff. Mm. I was like, okay, well, you deserve to get this rock to your face. You well, drop me off where I want to go first and then and try I'm, it. <laughs> I'm going to kick you out and then charge you £3.50 for getting you out. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. But they weren't, but they weren't actually going, was it just me? They weren't going that far. It's only a bit of heavy petting. It was a bit of heavy petting. I know. I didn't even think there was hands under clothes. No. Uh, but what I thought was kind of funny is that, well not funny, actually it's really not funny at all. But um, you see, in the scene it's a heterosexual man accusing these of getting too heavy in the back of a taxi and getting kicked out for it and he goes, are you a homosexual for not enjoying it? And then quite recently in the papers you heard a lot of people who are gay getting around the back of a taxi and then getting kicked out yeah. for being homosexual I kind of mm. thought it was a bit ironic but obviously not intentional intentional mm. it's kind of a bit alarming well one point side off in the film is Marcus is gay yeah and so him saying that at the start of the taxi driver that's, that's him <laughs> you know mm. yeah I mean, that's classic. Yeah, there is that classic thing, isn't there? If you, if you know, people are homophobic, often are reacting to their own own insecurities around their own sexuality. Yeah. And maybe you know, there's maybe you don't. It's hard to know with this director, isn't it? Because you, know, this was meant to be a bit of a satirical. There was meant to be a satirical connection, wasn't there? Around comment, commenting on the fascist regime of Franco and <coughs> reaction to that and I wonder whether um, we don't know, I do wonder whether there was a political point being made around the sin of meat and the dehumanisation of the slaughter of animals and yet you he does that every day and yet the problem that we might have actually is there's something about the audience not having a problem with all those animals being slaughtered but we have a problem with the humans being slaughtered and I wonder whether that's something the yeah. director actually intended. Yeah, um, It wouldn't surprise me if that was the case, but I don't think we'll ever, ever really know. And but yeah. that's, that's it, actually. Even if it... I wasn't sure if it was fake, I didn't think it was, but 
I wasn't sure if that was faked or not, but like when it was humans fake dying, I'm okay with it. And as soon as it was animals fake dying, I, was, I felt a bit uncomfortable. Like I didn't like that idea. But maybe it was because that's reality and that's something I can distance myself from. Mm. But it just feels a bit weird. I don't I didn't like that bit. I'm like, yeah, kill people. And that's fun. Yeah, but that that is about reality though. That's because you that's know that that's false. Whereas yeah. I think that's real. Yeah, I know that happens every day. Whereas this is mm. once in a bloody billion times that someone's doing something like this, and it, it made me feel uncomfortable there, but not there. Yeah, I wasn't bothered about the people dying. I suppose you know that's not real. <laughs> yeah. I know that the people dying is is fake. Yeah, but the the, the footage of the animals is real. But I found that less disturbing because I knew that it was just documentary footage. Whereas if a, if you put Cannibal Holocaust on. Oh, he wasn't smashing up on a monkey's head in, right? I'd be horrified and zip past it, you know, but it's this, I'm like, okay, I can see what, I can see that the director's painting a, a picture of this is the reality of this character, you know. But I wonder whether that's the point of the, 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 the point, a point that the director's making is we don't care about the slaughter of animals, but we care about the slaughter of humans because he doesn't care about the slaughter of animals and then you realise he's eating humans. Mm. He will be accidental. He wretches. He's yeah. he's, he's disgusted by it. Yeah. yeah. In the same way as us, mainly as audience, maybe not Stephen as a vegan and, and other people who who have that those values. We don't really care about the slaughter of dying animals as they as they go past it they, mechanically on a conveyor belt. On a conveyor belt. Mm. But what actually we will react to as an audience is the slaughter of. The woman from the bar yeah. and his yeah. brother-in-law and yeah, yeah. all of those things and the storage of the corpses in the bedroom will yeah. react to all of that when actually down the road our food is being processed in front of us. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really strong opening actually. I think you've got, <coughs> you've got the combination of abattoir footage and then it cuts straight to the grim, the grim. Um, you know, you've got the tower block, you've mm. got the rural yet industrial area that's teeming with poor people. Mm in the heat and the dust and, and the debris and all that and I think those are two really strong images to start a film with because it totally sets the tone for it you know and, and him stood dead eating the sandwich I feel like it's not it's not so much about him being desensitised to just that I feel like he's desensitised to life mm-hmm. because he's downtrodden and basically he's on the conveyor belt as much as those cows are um, he, he knows that that's his life yeah. Him and all of those people who are in his world, who aren't in the tower block over there, all of the people in his world, they are just in that race. They're in that rat yeah. race. Um, and they know. It's like basically after the killing of the taxi driver, and he says to his girlfriend, police will listen to the rich only. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah, I completely agree. That entire line was quite poignant. And yeah. it echoes back um, about halfway through when they're pulled over by the police outside the bar. Yeah, so the cafe and was they're, they're, they're and That's great, yeah. The poor lad gets, who's obviously the killer, gets his idea out and he's like sweating and he's nervous and everything like that. And then the one who's rich, rich gay man, just nonchalantly puts it off and then the, the man vouches for him, says, oh, he lives in the high-rise flats over there, the posh high-rise flats. Yeah. And he go, oh, you live in the posh place? Oh, okay. Well, just make sure you bring it out in the future. And it is that sense of privilege that yeah. he's given there. Yeah. I think that's what the political message of the film is. It's oh, about yeah. the upper class, you know, you live in the rich, you know, you live in the high rises and I think that's what 
the comments about like Franco Spain that he was trying to yeah. comment on. And, he was and that bit... Franco Spain is destroying Spain because you just get sense of this beautiful mm. semi-desert rural landscape of Spain, haven't you? And the shack, even though you know, it is a shack that Marcos lives in. I thought do you know, I want to live in that shack more than I want to live in a flat in that high rise. That, yeah. There's something beautiful about that shack. Something beautiful about that that little bar down the street. The bar, yeah. Definitely. But the, the, these high rises suddenly plonked in the middle of this rural landscape and they're horrible. They're hideous and they're destroying yeah. the landscape. They're destroying Spain. And maybe that's sort of part of the commentary mm. that, that yeah. the director is making is basically there's this modernity being thrust on Spain, which is actually destroying the country yeah. yeah I was horrified that high rises were considered glamorous like this kind of um, high rises make me think of like like you know like the slums of like London and stuff like that where you'd have like people like kids fighting and stuff like that kind of thing. that's what it's I so think of a high it's rise it's sort of different in, in Europe though yeah. I guess and in America yeah like in because, America I get that you know, kind of high rise and in Europe it's different because there is that culture of apartments and um, and tenement blocks more than there is over here and we got it and we did it over here in a way that we we sort of got it wrong <laughs> maybe okay. it might also be a name thing because it's like if you say apartments or penthouse and stuff Absolutely. like that, then it's all like it's glamorous. And then if you say high rise, I think of a block of flats. Block of flats. Yeah. Like what's, the difference, what's the difference between a flat and an apartment? Exactly. It's language. No, it's language. PR. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's pure. It is. Yeah, because you can look at like the Barbican, say, and you can see some of that's, um, uh, would you call that brutalist? Yeah. You, you can see them as brutalist. And, and you know, to, to uh, I'd say the majority of people looking at that they would think that's a fucking ugly thing I mean Ben mm. uh, my husband Ben is a huge fan of brutalist architecture and thinks it's beautiful and the longer I've been with him the more I can appreciate a lot of it and it's the functionality of it it's the, it's the, it's the way that these buildings are made yeah. to, to, to do something really really um, effi- they're really efficiently built yeah. yeah to us that looks really ugly but then to the person who's living in the top flat who's paying a million pounds a month because it's, it's a penthouse apartment you know what I mean? Seven, yeah, it, it is. It all does come down to the language and the way it's sold. And that's what Nestor in this film. That's the life he lives, isn't it? I know. It, it's quite interesting that if you think it's there's a certain sense of like white privilege as well, even in between the gay world. Like if this character was living in the same situation, like had the same life situation as Marcus's life, he, he he was the same sort of war of life as him. Him being a homosexual would make him like the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. Yeah. He'd be like as low as mm-hmm. fuck. But the fact that he's come from this land of wealth and everything oh, yeah. like between them then makes him yeah, he might be a homosexual, but he's still better than everyone else around him. Yeah. Well I think that's it's a the, sense of privilege. The offer basically well, what I took from the end of it was it's basically an offer. Nestor makes him an offer. It's like I know what you've done, but my life of privilege, you know, if you wanna leave your shack, come and live with me. Because of the world he's from, it, it would disappear. Everything you've done would disappear. And Marcus decides not to. And that that's the choice he makes at the end. Yeah. Because he know the homophobia of it is the <coughs> Marcus thinks I could be free and get away with it, but this guy wants to be gay. Yeah. And so his his, his hatred of that, he thinks I'd rather yeah. go to jail than mm. be gay and mm. get away with it. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. He always think- it's this this 
I think there's some sort of connection between Marcos and the stray dogs, isn't there? I mean, I know they're attracted to the house because of the smell of the, mm-hmm. the bodies. Yeah. But there's almost something about his, you know, that sense of hierarchy that you talked about, yeah. Stephen, of him being so low. And if he is, if Marcos is gay, then is there a sense of, because of his social position, actually, he's just, he's no better than those stray dogs. And yeah. he always becomes part of that. Yeah. Does he become part of that pack? Doesn't he? It's just it's it's. Well, he's already bottom of the barrel because he's poor. Yeah. yeah, he's poor and he lives in a society that 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 keeps the poor where they where they apparently belong. Yeah, and that's it. That's that's in the in the rubble with the stray dogs. There's yeah. a great line in in the film where um, he says a, a well fed dog is far more powerful than a hungry one. Yeah. yeah, I think my problem at the end then was the fact that um, everybody every other character in the entire film. Like he says, he kills his girlfriend, he kills his brother, he kills his brother's wife, he kills the dad. Everyone else in that is horrified by what he's done. Now, the homosexual who's already going to be considered the outcast of society is the only one that then sees what he's done and doesn't doesn't, doesn't push him away for it. He accepts him for it and he kind of thinks it's normal. Well, because in his world, that that is normal. In that world, you can do what you want. That was Franco Spain. If you were one of the privileged classes, you could yeah. murder yeah. people and get away with it. Much about being gay, maybe, about yeah. being rich. Maybe this is a way to cross me lines here, and maybe it's a rich thing. But no, there's but different I ways to thinking, read it. Yeah. I was reading it as was this, and maybe if the director was gay, it's probably viewed mm. it different. But the way I viewed it was, why is the gay person the only one who thinks it's okay? And I was thinking, he's already the outcast, and he's then being mm. like, oh, well, this is something that's normal I mean, I think, for outcasts. I think that's the interesting thing about Franco's Spain, not that it, 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 the atrocities and, and things that happened in Franco's Spain weren't remotely to the scale of Nazi Germany, but atrocities happened, and mm. you know, there hasn't been the... Um, there hasn't been the reconciliation of the reality of the past or reconciliation with the past that there has been in Germany yeah that hasn't happened in Spain you so people did you people disappeared lots of people were murdered people are murdered and put in mass graves through the um, Franco regime yeah and that was something that was possible especially if you had privilege <coughs> and power yeah. you know and for me it didn't feel like it was um, it was saying that he was uh, accepting of it because he was gay for me it didn't even feel like he was accepting of it for me it felt like he was rich he was privileged and he saw all of these people that he was looking down on from his balcony as like um Experiments, like yeah, not, yeah. yeah, not even people. Yeah, and he was watching it because he he basically he watched everything happen for those seven days to create David seven days. Mm. He watched it all happen through his binoculars. He could have intervened at any point mm. in that at that time and yeah. said people are being murdered in the house. You need yeah. to help them. But he was watching it because he wanted to see what happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's like and living theatre. It's living yeah. theatre. The, the poor people are performing for mm. him. That's what I took away from it. It was the. It, in his world, it was just so inconsequential. It, yeah. it just it didn't even matter to him. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, the poor don't matter. I like the bit at the very end where he swapped seats. He sat in one seat, and then he moved and sat in another seat, and he moved again, and then he moved again to one seat. And I felt like that kind of represents that in his mind. He, he saw different ways this could have played out, mm. and he was sitting in the different seats and thinking about mm. the ways this mm. could have happened and the ways this could end. And I felt like that was like a visual. Mm. Maybe that was me being a potential cunt for a change, but 
I felt like that's how he played it. Played like yeah. he was thinking. I never noticed that. Thing, but he does. He just moves around and it focuses on him for no reason. But yeah. you do get that scene, don't you? Where I think it's like um, some some people he, he obviously must have grew up with when he was younger. The uh, finds him with his bag, but walking down the street and he goes, "Oh, you've got that's a, great, yeah. you've got a fancy bag that's now. Funny. You'll be living in the ultra fancy high rises yeah. next." And it's like they look down on him because he's trying to best yeah. himself. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're yeah. stuck when you're in when you're living in the world that Marx is living in. You are trapped in every way. Mm. You you either. You, you have to, you have to give up to retain your sanity in a way. Mm. So it's like it's like if he if he didn't have aspirations about getting out of there, if he wasn't troubled about his sexuality, if he wasn't conflicted, then he would just be like all of the others, mm. and he would be he would be you know for want of a better word, he'd be happier as a poor person living in in that society. Mm. But because he has an aspiration, and because this because Nesta gives starts to tease him with opportunities of seeing something that's outside of his world mm. he suffers because of that it yeah. makes him it makes him worse it makes his insanity I think worse he's just he's actually really a big kid and he hasn't fully like um like, not evolved but you know what I mean he hasn't become an adult yeah because like there's parts where um like when his girlfriend first tells him to go to the police and he's like you can't make me like you know and he yeah. kind of throws a bit of a strap about it and he's like you know I don't want to say this this is going to get me in trouble you can't do oh, it that's line, I'm an adult it? that's the line where you said the, the, the police will believe the rich yeah yeah, mm. yeah. and it's, like, it's kind of like he spits his tummy about it and then he's like he's a grown man who's like I don't know what old he's meant to be but he's got pictures of like semi-naked girls on his walls and stuff yeah. and I'm like that's something a teenager would do and a lot of his action is very like Teenage boy, but I well kind of behavior. I got that that was he was trying to compensate. It was masculinity. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's it, masking that because he's watching. He's watching the boys playing football and then goes and has a wank. But he sneakily, I'll, I'll pretend I'm looking at the girls on the wall. Yeah, and, you know, it's it. That's really he's lying funny. to himself. It's it's non-development and not accepting who he actually is. Yeah. yeah. So he's like he's not fully grown into who he actually mm. is because he's suppressing it and enforcing these other ideas on himself. It's machismo. Yeah. Isn't it? It's it's being it's being the macho man that people expect him to be. Because the minute he starts to try and be something different, he will be he will be beaten down for that by the yeah. other guys. But I will say, all the scenes between the two of them are actually some of the best like relationship scenes like especially that pool scene night swimming oh it's really romantic mm. fabulous, it sounds, yeah. it? it's fabulous and the, the waterfall the shot where yeah. the waterfall yeah, yeah. It, 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 everything is so gorgeously shot and like the way the play fighting and pushes them off yeah like I was there with the romance of but that scene the music as well Ben mentioned it's about being a mm. gold trap and it was like you know it's made in Franco Spain in 1971 and yet there are two men frolicking to Felt Mountain yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah it's quite it's quite something really um and the director so the director of this his films only got gayer after mm. this as well which much like we were talking about possession in a previous episode um it made that made me want to go and look at Zalavsky's other work um whereas this made me want to go and investigate more of um Eloy de 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 la iglesia this made me want to look into more of his work because after so he was an outspoken gay socialist hmm. um, and uh, his films were sort of subversive and were, were sort of um, satirical about about the fascist society that he was he was living in but after, so yeah after that um, 
sort of as Franco's censorship sort of started to peter out and become more dismantled, his films did get more gay. Games of Forbidden Love was one of them. The other, the other bedroom was another. They were like late seventies, and then Hidden Pleasures focusing on homosexuality. Um, and then there was one called Confessions of a Congressman, which is <laughs> about a, politi- a politician who's blackmailed just being gay on the, on the slide. And then there's one called Priest, the Priest, about a conservative Catholic priest whose sexual obsessions leads him to self mutilation. Well, so they're like the dark sides of queer yeah. cinema. Um, and I wonder if there's any connection between him and Amaldivar, and whether you know, Amaldivar is. Oh, must have, uh, he must have seen some of these films. And the like. Night's Women scene made me think of Bad Education. Mm. It's a, that's quite interesting. I think I've actually... Like, I really enjoyed this film, but I think it got something more from knowing that he was gay, because I feel like it was taken from a different perspective from what I necessarily viewed it as the first time. Yeah. I'd like to watch this one again. Yeah, me too. But um, just before we finish on this one... We forgot to mention a really camp father system. This quarterly amazing. He was my favorite moment. <laughs> yeah. Just everything, and he's like, he's going, "Oh, lady, forty bottles." Ooh. <laughs> yeah, the father. He goes, "Oh, I'm single." And he went, "Oh, well, I've got lots of male customers too." <laughs> <laughs> He's very over the top, can't There are some nice weird scenes as well where, where Rosa makes him his breakfast. Yeah. And then says, Do you want a dessert? Milk with an egg in it. Milk with an egg in it. Yeah. And then spills it on his crotch and yeah. she's like wiping it away. I quite enjoyed her wiping technique. I thought that she's. Yeah, the the nails up the hairy chest remind like drag queen sex. Yeah. <laughs> Not like I've experienced. And when they, to, <laughs> when they go to the bar and um, they get. To, oh, we'll go to the bar for a drink and they get two milks. Yeah. Yeah. Not a pint, no, no, not a beer. Yeah, Two yeah, milk. very strange. There was a great line uh, I loved when Nesta says to him, Are you a muscle man? I'd like yeah. to come with you. He's got his gym isn't it? It's first, like. That's the scene where he's doing double denim, but no, t- no shirt. He's just got a denim jacket and jeans. It's like. Marcus didn't have a top on the entire film. He was just constantly yeah. sticking him out with white pants. But I liked. There was a scene towards the beginning, I think it was the first time the gay man approached. And um, I, I kind of imagined it, like, you know, if this film was audio described. Mm. And it was like, homosexual and white flared plants approach. <laughs> <laughs> There's another great line. Um, How nice he is, even though he's a beast. Yes. <laughs> he's a beast. Yeah. Did I hear right that um, Nesta's dog is called Trotsky? Yeah, Trotsky. he is called Trotsky. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, there are lots of references to dogs. I find it interesting. There's a there's one scene where Marcos ventures out of the slums and into the big city, and and the one scene is he sees a dog that's injured on the road. Yeah, and mm. they're all talking. Oh, they make a, so random. They make a big deal of it. They someone quick get a vet. Yeah, and he smiles and walks away. Yeah, yeah. It, it that was the weirdest scene for yeah. me. I didn't get how it fitted in the rest. Well, it's like you were saying before, Martin, about it, there's a connection between him and the, the stray dogs, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Yeah, there is yeah. definitely and a what, Yeah, and what that scene meant. Mm. I suppose that that shows you what if the fact that Nestor's called his dog Trotsky. That's what he thinks of communists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that could be. Yeah. It. It's a, it. It is a big point about the dogs. It's not like an accidental because they're yeah. prevalent throughout the entire thing. Mm. But that scene did seem a bit mm. like there was something more that I wasn't understanding. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a good film. It's it's weird, isn't it? If in one way I hate it being a video nasty because 
it's more you know there's more to it than that it's not just a cheap exploitative no. yeah, film but at the same time it helped you know the fact that it is on that list <coughs> people will see it people are more likely to see it I don't think we would have known about this in no. this country yeah if, it, if not he, for that this, yeah. film, this film would have passed us completely by yeah. Yeah. I feel like like a lot of people said it was misleading with the name kind of mm. woman and I feel like it is really misleading but it's misleading in the fact that you think you're going in to see something trashy and horrible about cannibals and actually you get a really good interesting drama mm. yeah. suspense film about something that's a bit more than what you see in the service and so it it is different to what you'd expect but it's actually better than yeah. what I expected Yeah, I thought I was seeing something trashy and I saw something of great quality hmm. it reminds me of Roman Polanski's Repulsion and um, I forgot to mention in the Possession podcast that did as well in a massive way um, and I think it's got more it's got more in common with the likes of that hmm. than with something else with the cannibal no. in the title you know um, but yeah I'm, like you guys said I'm glad I'm, I'm glad that it was on the video nasties list because now I'm going to go away and find this guy's other films yeah and that, that that helps so my education of queer cinema grows because mm. of it so it's a, it is a good thing but the fact happens. you're able to even see it at all is probably thanks to it being on that list yeah, yeah. 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 would, just, did, would have been lost otherwise yeah but it was really hard to get hold of anyway. anyway. yeah even now that we know about it it's still hard to get hold of yeah it was that um, it's only a Blue Underground release isn't it that's the only way you can get it Blue Underground yeah with a big gaudy cover that makes it even more misleading yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this was definitely one of the more interesting and uh, more satisfying, I think, mm-hmm. the video mm-hmm. these we've found so far. It's um, it's an actual film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was our video nasties special on the Cannibal Man. Check it out. It's it's um it's a good, it's a good time capsule of uh, a very interesting time in Spanish history, and it's it's really queer. It's it's really gory, and it's a it's a great film. One of the surprising enjoyments I've seen from this. Yeah. And thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Good night. The cannibal man living in today's jungle kills for his freedom. Discover his unique way of disposing of the bodies. A river of blood is created by the cannibal man. Marcos. Does this man discover the dark secrets of the cannibal man? The cannibal man soon comes to this theater.